Real quick, before we jump into the episode, I want to remind and invite the women listening today to check out the beautiful space and community we've curated for you inside the Elevated Entrepreneur Collective membership. It's a new way of entrepreneurship that supports all of you, mind, body, and business. It takes away the loneliness that can come with being an entrepreneur and gives you a safe place to show up as you are right here and now during the highs and lows of living life on your own terms and pursuing your dreams. Whether you're feeling alone or stuck in your business, not making the money you want, not sure where to even start, maybe you're feeling overwhelmed by all the things, or you're just ready to stop playing small and up-level it all, we created this powerful, intentional, sacred community just for you. And it's where my heart is and it's where I show up every day. So if this calls to you, then you are deeply, sincerely invited to join us inside the Elevated Entrepreneur Collective. You can grab the details and register at lizlandine.com. And I hope to connect with you there soon. Okay, let's begin. I see self-defense and empowerment training as a way to open up people's access to the things that they want to do. Instead of living in fear, they can say, you know what, I can handle myself in these situations. Today's guest is Nicole Snell. Nicole is an award-winning international speaker and self-defense expert specializing in sexual assault prevention education, gender-based violence prevention, personal safety, and empowerment. She's the CEO of Girls Fight Back, founder of Outdoor Defense, and a lead instructor with both Impact Personal Safety and Impact Global. As you'll hear in this episode, Nicole believes that everyone has the right to walk through the world feeling safe, powerful, and confident. As an outdoor enthusiast, solo adventurer, and hike leader with Black Girls Trekking, Nicole uses her skills to advocate for diversity in the outdoors and encourage others to live limitlessly. Her mission is to empower women and people of all gender identities with the skills to live their lives fearlessly. And she's doing just that. So let's get into it. I'm your host, Liz Landine, and this is The Outdoor Entrepreneur. Nicole, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Liz. I am so excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to be talking with you. And before we get into all the business stuff, I've been watching your Instagram and I want to first acknowledge your recent badass accomplishment, which was summoning Mount Whitney. So a huge congratulations, first and foremost. Ah, thank you so much. That was something that I have been looking forward to doing for a while now. And to be able to say that I did it, it just, I still feel like it's unbelievable. Oh, well, the pictures looked stunning and I just was following along as you were posting and it just looked so cool. So I definitely recommend people go check out your, go check out your page if they want to see some of that and learn more about it. Thank you so much. All right. Well, let's jump in. So in doing my research for this interview, I know you've been described as being intensely curious as a child and as an adult. And when I read this, you know, I really connected with it because recently I was described by a friend of mine as being, she used the words aggressively curious. Um, (laughs) And for me, you know, I'm not sure when that started or if I was always like that. I feel like I'm becoming more like that as I get older. So knowing you were intensely curious as a child What did that look like for you growing up? And was it tied to nature and the outdoors or did that come later in life? 
I've always had a connection to the outdoors and I've always been curious about it. From the time I was very little, I had my older brothers. Remember, he taught me how to catch a grasshopper. And, you know, most little girls would, you know, there were taught to be afraid of bugs and maybe our, their older brothers would tease them and try to scare them with bugs. But mine was like, hey, here's this insect and it's not going to hurt you and it's not going to bite you. And here you go. And it just, I, I just remember that as being such a defining moment. I was like, oh, wow, not everything that's outside can hurt me or should be something that I should be scared about. Well, what, what else is there? And I just loved learning about new plants and new animals and, you know, rocks. I collected rocks. Just, I just had this curiosity inside of me that just cannot be satiated. And it started with the outdoors and it continues with the outdoors, but it continues with other things as well. I love to learn new information. I know a little bit about a lot of different things instead of having a lot of information only about a couple things. And I constantly ask questions and that just has never stopped. Mm, I can relate with that. I feel very, very closely tied to that. All right. So then I'd love to hear a little bit about what life was like for you prior to 2014 when I think some things started to shift or change for you. But like what line of work were you pursuing and, and what were you up to at that time? Oh, yes. So my beginnings. Let's talk about my <laughs> beginnings. So prior to 2014, I worked in TV production. I was a line producer and executive in charge of production for about 12 years. And I worked on over 75 different shows from motorsports to prank shows to reality shows to commercial clip shows and worked all over the world and really enjoyed what I did and the people that I worked with but I just felt like something was missing. I felt, I felt a lot of pressure that, okay, well, I've already spent this much time in this industry. My last job before I made that career switch in 2014, my last job was working for Endemol and I was the director of digital production for original digital content. So I had a office job, my own office, you know, like the, the, the pinnacle of what you would think you would want if you're working in production. And then, you know, I'm thinking career-wise, well, my next step, it would be to be, an SVP or a VP of production, you know, and, and working up that way. But I just kind of felt this pull that I was so passionate about women's rights issues and advocacy and, you know, animal rights and helping kids and sexual assault prevention. There was a lot of different areas of issues that I felt passionate about that I wanted to help. And I didn't know how to focus that. And I didn't know how to do anything with that considering the, the job I was in. And so in 2014 is when I was contacted by a group that I was involved with when I was in college where we did domestic violence prevention workshops. And they had just gotten a contract with the United States Navy to do this work at military installations around the world. And I said, wow, this would be great. I would love to help. But you know, I have a full-time job. I don't know how much time I can take off and, and help you, but I'll do what I can. And then not soon after I had that conversation, I found out that they were getting rid of our entire department. And so I thought, well, this is the universe's way of saying, I guess you should try this for a bit. And that's kind of how that, that switch happened. So was that company you were contacted by, was that Girls Fight Back or was that a different company? That was a different company. Yeah, so that was a company that did domestic violence prevention workshop. And I met Girls Fight Back through that company though, because that company had hired the agency that owned Girls Fight Back at the time to manage this contract for them because they, you know, they were a smaller group and now they had this big military contract. They're like, oh my gosh. So 
they hired someone to help them. And the person that helped them owned Girls Fight Back. So I remember when mm. I looked to the website and I said, wait, Girls Fight Back, what is this? <laughs> and I, I looked it up, I read and I said, whoa, they teach self-defense to women in colleges. And this is amazing. How do I get involved? I didn't even realize this was a job you could do. And so I remember reaching out to the owner and sending her an email and asking for a job. And they didn't have any job available at the time. But about three months later, they did. They had a speaker opening in LA and I got trained to be a speaker. And that's my introduction to Girls Fight Back. And so I was doing work with the military through the other company and simultaneously being trained and then doing work with Girls Fight Back and speaking to women at colleges. Very cool. Okay, that's, I was wondering where the, where the start was for you with Girls Fight Back. Now, I know in 2020, things changed a bit for you again. And you became the CEO of Girls Fight Back. And what I'd love to hear is kind of that story. You know, what led up to this, this new position? What happened between kind of the 2014 and 2020 timeframe? And then, yeah, what led to this new position? And, and why did you want to take on this new role? Well, I will tell you that I did not want this role. <laughs> this was never a role that I dreamed of having. I never wanted to be a business owner. That was never something that I said in my life. Well, I would really be great if I had my own business. I always thought I would be super comfortable being the number two to somebody and let the other person deal with all the stress of owning the company and I'll just be a really great number two. And so between 2014 and 2020, I was working simultaneously with the company doing the military work. I was also working with Girls Fight Back and doing speaking engagements and working with the owner at the time to develop new programs. We developed gender inclusive programs. We developed a program that was for corporations and instead of just for colleges. So we started expanding our programming a bit. And then part of becoming a Girls Fight Back speaker included graduating from a 20-hour full contact self-defense class with impact personal safety. And once I took that class and graduated, I knew I wanted to teach that as well. So I started my training to be a self-defense instructor with impact and got through the training, uh, became an assistant first, and then became a lead instructor. And I began doing pretty much all three of those things at once. And then around 2019, I decided I wanted to focus a little more heavily on the girls fight back aspect of the work that I was doing and the self-defense and empowerment aspect of it. And so I was doing less work with the, the company that was working with the military and doing more with girls fight back and impact. And at the same time, the woman who owned Girls Fight Back at the time had other companies, the agency, and she also had another company that did mobile escape rooms. And so I started managing her escape room business as well and working on that as kind of like my day job. So I was kind of doing all of these things, almost freelance-ish. And then I, I felt pulled to do more, you know, like that familiar, Nicole, there's more that you could be doing. And I really loved speaking and presenting and, and going to these groups and, and doing these talks. And I thought I wanted to create my own speaking program. But my struggle was that at that time, the only information I knew, the only content I knew did not belong to me. I was a Girls Fight Back speaker. So that was their content. That was their information. And that was all I knew. So I thought, well, I'm going to have to start from scratch and come up with a whole new something that's not self-defense and have that be my speaking program. But I didn't know where to start with that. And then the owner at the time decided that she was going to sell all her company. So she was going to sell the, the agency and Girl Fight Back and the companies underneath that. And I remember there was one day, I just had a thought on a Sunday night and I thought, why don't I buy Girls Fight Back? 
because then that would solve the problem of, oh, I don't have anything else to talk about because if I own the company, I would own the content and then I could do whatever I wanted with it. I could make my own programs from it because I would be the owner. And so I emailed her just randomly. Hey, so do you think you would ever consider selling me this company? And she said, absolutely. I didn't know that that was something you were interested in. And I said, I didn't know either. (laughs) (laughs) No, either until this weekend. And so I had to make a decision quickly because she was in the process of selling everything, you know? And so I had to hurry up and make a decision. And this was before COVID. This was end of 2019, early 2020, when we started talking about it. And then, you know, we're putting everything together, you know, business attorneys and getting all the paperwork and, and stuff. And then COVID hits <laughs> and all my spring events get canceled because nothing is in person anymore. And I, you know, at first it was two weeks, right? And that we all know how that played out. It wasn't just two weeks of a shutdown. And I was terrified to sign the paperwork because I hadn't signed the official paperwork yet. I was so scared because I thought, how am I going to survive as a business owner, a new business owner, someone who never wanted to be a business owner, someone who I have experienced through all the work that I did in production because I had worked with a company where I pretty much did everything for the company. So I knew what needed to be done. But again, to have that all that pressure on me at that time, at a time when it's a pandemic that no one's been through before, it was really scary. And I did it anyways. (laughs) And I did it anyways, because I felt like there was no other way. There was no other option for me because if I didn't do this, then I was going to be right back at square one, wanting to, to speak and teach and help people, but having to come up with everything from scratch versus taking information and passion that I already have on a subject I already was an expert in and using that and continuing with that. And so I pulled the trigger and I bought the company and then I had to figure out how to take everything virtual and learn about Zoom because I had never used Zoom prior to COVID. And I just, I just did it. (laughs) As scary as it was, I did it. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, kudos to you for pulling the trigger of that. I can't even imagine how difficult of a decision that must have been. And and again, like you said, it it was like, okay, I have to do this. Like if I don't do it, what does it mean then? But still, I don't think that makes it easy either. No, no. And I, I, consulted with a lot of friends and family and, you know, and I can be very indecisive sometimes when it comes to big decisions like this, because I'm an overthinker and I'll automatically start thinking about the worst case scenario. Oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's not going to be successful. No one's going to hire me. No one's going to do virtual. Like all the, all the doubts were attacking my brain at that point. And I had to just do it and tell myself that I have been in really tough situations before. And I've managed and that I'm resourceful, I'm resilient, I'm intelligent, and I'm not alone. I have a support system that can, you know, help me if I need it, not monetarily, but like help me think things through and help me organize stuff and be there to listen if I'm struggling. So I knew that I could do it. No matter how hard it was going to be, I knew that it was possible and I had to take that possibility. Yeah, it sounds a little bit of like what I did when I when I decided to leave my job, which was called a fear setting exercise. It's uh, Tim Ferriss talks about it a lot, but you know this idea of like what's the worst case scenario, mm-hmm. and for me that's easy because I'm like you, I'm an overthinker, and my brain was already going there. Like these are all the ways it's not going to work out, 
But then it's like, but wait, what's the reality? What What's like the the realness behind this, that this whole company is going to fall apart? So I, I just love hearing examples of that because it just reminds us of like, oh, okay, like we don't have to have it all figured out. And, you know, even if it's scary to still move forward with certain things. So, uh, all right. So tell us, Nicole, about Girls Fight Back, like 2022 version um, what services do you offer and what are kind of the various aspects of your business now, if they're different from, from when you, when you first uh, got the business? Yeah. So Girls Fight Back Now is a personal safety and empowerment self-defense company. And I have a full catalog of programs that addresses sexual assault prevention, campus safety, corporate safety, situational awareness, and empowerment. And I speak to organizations around the world, all different industries, college, the U.S. military, corporations, tech, healthcare, travel, outdoor groups, hiking groups, runner groups, retreats, private groups, nonprofits, you name it. Anyone who is looking to feel more confident going about their life and feeling in control of how they can respond to a situation, I provide training for that. And I provide the training in the form of live seminars or virtual seminars. And so the purpose of Girls Fight Back is to help people live a limitless life. Because I believe that when we are empowered to live our lives freely and confidently, there is no limit to what we can do. I don't believe in using fear tactics because they already exist. There's a lot of people out there, women, people of all gender identities who are scared, who have maybe experienced violence or someone in their life has experienced violence or they've read about it. And they want to feel more in control of their life. They want to feel like they don't have to restrict their activities or make their world small, avoid going to places, avoid wearing certain things. And all of those, I call them the list of don'ts that exist that limit what we can do because of this fear. And my goal is to take all of those don'ts and throw them in the garbage where they belong because those don'ts don't guarantee our safety in the first place. And instead, I want to replace that fear with information, education, confidence, and empowerment by teaching people the ways that we can actually manage our safety in a way that doesn't restrict our lives, ways that we can feel more confident in being able to respond to different situations, whether it's an uncomfortable situation with our boss, an uncomfortable situation with our partner, or maybe it's a dangerous situation with one of those people or a stranger. But when we know that we have options for responding, then we can walk through the world with less fear and more confidence and actually do what we want to do. And I see self-defense and empowerment training as a way to open up people's access to the things that they want to do. Instead of living in fear, they can say, you know what? I can handle myself in these situations. And I bring in all the experience I have, not just for my self-defense training and, and those things, but also my experience as a solo female traveler, as a solo female hiker, as a solo female camper, as a solo female adventurer. I do all of these things by myself. And I've always had people tell me, oh, it's not safe. You shouldn't do that as a woman or you're just looking for trouble or if something happens, it's your fault. Like all of these victim blaming type of phrases have been told to me. And there's no victim blaming involved when it comes to violence. Violence is never the fault of the person who is experiencing it, the survivor or the victim. It's never their fault. It's always the fault of the criminal. And instead of saying, well, you know what? The world's a dangerous place. I'm never going to travel solo. I'm just going to stay at home. I instead know that I have the skills to recognize dangerous situations and respond as necessary and get myself to a safer place and continue doing what I want to do. And that's what I want to teach other people. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I mean, I've just been 
eating up a lot of your social media content and what you put out there through your YouTube and all of that. So just on a, again, a smaller scale as an individual and as someone who does solo camping and hiking and all of that as well, um, it's been really awesome just to, to see the tips and just what you're putting out there and really helping to build that confidence. You know, I know for me as a, again, kind of solo hiker and camper, I've gotten that a lot. I've gotten a lot of, you shouldn't be doing that. And <laughs> aren't you afraid? And I get it actually from a lot of women, who, mm-hmm. you know, are, are saying like, oh my gosh, I would never do that. Like that's, are, are you going to be okay? And all of that. And so I just love the work you do. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, you know, I just want to emphasize that if someone doesn't ever want to go solo camping or hiking, they don't ever have to, you know, my goal isn't to encourage people who don't want to do something to tell them that they should be doing it. Uh, There's no shoulds in anything that I teach. It's all about your choice, your options, what feels good to you. And if this is something you want to do, I want to help you feel confident doing it. And maybe someone never wants to solo hike, but for them, it's a big deal for them to walk their dog at night. If I can give you some new perspective or some tools for your toolbox to feel more confident doing that, then that's still a win, you know, for that. And there is a lot of fear out there. And yeah, instead of saying, oh, you should be afraid of doing these things. No, you shouldn't be afraid. Instead, let's equip ourselves with the skills to be able to respond. Mm -hmm. We are not helpless. We do not have to rely on other people or our things to protect us because we are fully capable of protecting ourselves. Instead of giving away our power or infantilizing ourselves, making it seem like we're incapable of doing things for ourselves. Instead, let's own the power that we have and know that we are with us 24 seven and there's nobody more equipped than us to make these safety decisions for ourselves. And I am just here to give people the education and new perspectives and the skills and tools that they can then incorporate into their lives as they see fit. And that's where the empowerment comes in. We're going to take a quick break, but I can't wait to learn more from our guest about how they live and love the outdoor entrepreneur life. If you're anything like me, you've accumulated all kinds of outdoor gear and equipment over the years. I literally have piles of stuff I no longer use or it no longer fits me. And up until now, there hasn't been a simple and easy way to buy, sell, or donate it. That is until Rerouted, an online platform that allows you to buy, sell, and donate your used outdoor gear online instantly and automatically. It's hassle-free, you never have to deal with strangers coming to your house, and it's totally painless. And the beautiful thing about Rerouted as a company and why I personally love this app is they're committed to increasing access to outdoor gear and affordability for all users. Plus, they're making secondhand gear people's first choice, and that means less ends up in the landfill. Hell yes to all of this, and that's why I'm so proud to have them sponsor this episode of The Outdoor Entrepreneur and be part of this incredible community with all of you. So download the app today and get to cleaning out your closet or maybe adding some gently used and affordable new items to it. You can find the app in your Apple or Android store, or you can follow them on Instagram at rerouted.co. That's R-E-R-O-U-T-E-D.co and link in their bio to download it today. All right, let's get back into the episode.
Well, I know part of your job and what you do is speaking on a public stage professionally. I, as somebody myself, uh, who's had a major fear of public speaking uh, <laughs> for many years, I don't anymore, but I used to, and it really held me back for years. It did. I eventually pulled my shit together and was like, Liz, <laughs> you need to address this. I started with Toastmasters and all of this, and it was really life-changing for me. But I'd love to hear if you've always been a good public speaker or has it been a learning process for you, right? Have you always been good at it or is it something you've kind of acquired over the years? And then what do you love most about being a professional speaker? Oh, this is getting my favorite question to answer. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite questions. Well, first of all, I have always been a, a performer, a public speaker. From the time I was little, I was always performing and wanting the attention of family and friends. And I was in plays in school and I was in student council. I was president of student body in junior, senior year, one of those. And so I was, and I was the valedictorian speaker. So I've always been a public speaker. In fact, in college, that was my major speech communication. And I'm happy to say that I am one of the people that actually graduated from college with a degree that they're using in their careers now which is really kind of cool. And the thing that I love most about public speaking is I love being able to get up and to engage an audience and to connect with them. I really feel like that's the most important part because when I do these, my presentations, I don't ever feel like I'm just speaking at people. They're actually more of facilitated discussions where I'm engaging the audience and asking them questions. I am responding to people who have questions live and weaving in things into the program as I go. So it's a living, breathing entity. I feel like when we, when I'm presenting with a group and I really like that feeling of, Hey, we're here in this together and knowing that I am going to be providing them information that they might not have had before that can help them live a happier, healthier, more confident and safer life. Well, I know you do workshops and talks with a variety of audience from uh, K-12 schools to colleges to fortune 500 companies. And even with the U.S. military, is there one group you get really fired up for or like you look forward to the most to speak with? Oh man, that's so hard because all the audiences are always so different. But I guess because of my passion for the outdoors, whenever I'm doing an uh, an engagement for one of my hiking programs or solo travel programs at a retreat or some sort of organization like that, especially if it's a BIPOC organization, I get really excited because that is my passion. And I am passionate about all the other ways that safety can affect our life. But knowing that people can go out into the outdoors, into nature and doing adventures or going traveling is something that limits a lot of folks. And I feel like when I have the opportunity to help to remove those limits, that it's really exciting. And then I can speak from so much experience as well. Yeah. Well, I'm curious if you're like just thinking back to your younger self, could you ever have imagined this path that you're on now? Oh my gosh, I could not have even imagined that this was a career path that was possible. 10-year-old me would be looking at me and just in complete awe of, of what has transpired because I couldn't have planned it. My, my career was all over the place. Full disclosure, when I graduated from high school as valedictorian and went to college, I wanted to be an actor. That was my goal. I thought I was going to go the the track that a lot of folks do when they go into acting is, you know, you get an agent and you're going on auditions and you have a job on the side to pay the bills while you're going and doing all these 
these things. And it just didn't have the appeal to me to have to keep waiting for somebody else to decide I was great and waiting on someone else to decide I had the right look for something. And so when I was a junior, senior in college, I started doing internships in production because I thought, well, this is going to help me be a better actor if I know what's going on backstage. And when I got on the set of the place that I was working at as an intern the very first time and just saw the three stages and all the lights and the cameras and the control room and everything that went into a production. Oh, that curiosity bug just clicked into overtime. I was asking in the, what is this? How does this work? Where does this go? Can I sit in while you, like I was asking questions to everybody about every aspect of it. And I learned so much. And I found out that I had more of a passion for being behind the camera than in front of the camera. So yeah, this is completely different than younger me would have ever thought. But I think younger me would be really excited. I'm doing something that's really helping people and can change the world. Yeah, I had a guest on recently and it kind of reinforces a little bit of what you're saying, but it's around following your curiosity. And that if, if you do that, like the rest works, works itself out. It's, you know, just following your interests and your curiosity and so much can come from that, that we can't even imagine. So I love that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So is there something you've learned maybe over the years in your line of work that you feel is applicable or helpful to running your own business and being your own boss? Oh man, so much, so much of it. And I think the main one that I would say is that if you don't have the answer, ask. And if the person you ask doesn't give you the answer that you need, keep asking, keep asking other people. Because there's been times in my professional life where people would try to gatekeep information. You'd ask a question to try to help yourself learn or understand something. And because you didn't know until you're asking and someone would give you a vague answer or wouldn't answer or would send you down the wrong way. And, you know, that could be discouraging, but I want people to know that not everybody's like that. Not everyone that you run into is like that. And if you do run into somebody who's like that, it's okay because you can still ask somebody else. You can still continue to seek the information you need to be successful or to allay the fears that you have or to, you know, just get the answer that you need in that moment and to not be afraid of asking questions Mm -hmm. and not being afraid of not having all the answers. You're never going to have all the answers. I still don't have all the answers. Liz, do you have all the answers? No, I would like to believe I do sometimes, but I don't. (laughs) I certainly don't. I did a whole spreadsheet and layout document before I bought Girl Sight Back, trying to think of everything I could think of. And after I pulled the trigger and bought the company, there were so many other things that I didn't think about that I said, oh, wow, I didn't, what? Oh, wow, there's this and there's this. So much that I didn't know. It's impossible to research and know everything. So just do what you can and take it one day at a time and ask questions when you don't know. Perfect. All right. So I love asking this question uh, or the next two questions, but what about your current situation or your current setup? Are you just absolutely loving right now? Oh, I love that travel has opened back up again and that I can go and do presentations in person. I love to travel. I love to meet people and see people in person. I love the live energy of, of audiences when I'm there and I can see their faces and feel their energy. It's a little different on Zoom, but I can still feel that, but it's just a different energy when you're live with them. And I love the flexibility that I have as a CEO to be able to do that and to travel, maybe stay a little bit longer and see something in a city that I 
hadn't necessarily thought I would ever be visiting, but now I'm there and I find points of interest and can explore and, you know, meet new people and have new experiences. So I just love that the flexibility of being my own boss and being able to travel. Yes. And then the flip side to that coin uh, would be, (laughs) you know, entrepreneurship, it's ever evolving. We're always expanding and many times, you know, we're always in the process of figuring things out. So what about your current situation or your current setup? Are you maybe wanting to improve or maybe get a little bit more dialed in? Oh, I would definitely be needing to figure out how to bring on people to help me, like how to delegate. Because right now I'm a one woman show for the most part. I have folks that I hire out, you know, vendors that you hire out for certain things like for graphics or sometimes help someone helps you with social media or you hire a consultant. But I really want to figure out how to, I guess how to scale would be the, the, the actual term for that, you know, is figuring out how to take what I'm doing now, but then invest in having someone else to help me so that I can grow that I would say was, is the hardest part at this point. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. All right. Well, as we start to wrap up, I want to ask a question around what's the best thing women can do if they're spending time in the outdoors, especially as solo adventurers or travelers. And I'm sure this is multifaceted and, you know, is a very, (laughs) we could talk all day about this, but do you have a top maybe one or two practical, tangible things that you would recommend doing for, and it doesn't have to just be women. So just people that are spending time outdoors and they're doing it solo and maybe they aren't super comfortable or maybe they don't feel really safe. Yes. So when it comes to just the, the nuts and bolts of going on a solo hike, can I, can I, can I actually divide it up into that? Like maybe yeah. have three categories and one or two for each one. So the nuts and bolts logistics of just going on a solo hike, number one is plan and prepare. Do your research, figure out where you're going, what you need, the weather, the trail conditions, like all those things. You have to make sure that you do all that on your own because when you're out there on your own, it's wonderful that you're free and independent, but now you are the only person you can rely on for how you're getting water and how you're getting food and knowing the way and things like that. So just make sure you do your research, plan and prepare. And then the second piece of that is to make sure you let someone know where you're going so that if there is any kind of emergency or accident or wildfire or something, somebody knows where to go to get you help. So that's uh, nuts and bolts of the logistics of planning a solo hike. The safety piece, the safety of being out there on your own, best things that I can recommend is to trust your intuitive feelings. A lot of times we question them and we try to use our judgment to skirt around that feeling because we feel guilty for feeling that way or we feel like we're overreacting or things like that. Trust that feeling always. Always trust your intuition. And the second piece is to use your situational awareness. It's not only going to help keep you safe, but it's going to help you enjoy the outdoors. If you're looking around and, oh, there's a cool tree there. Oh, wow, look at that view when you turn around or when we were doing our, our hike to Whitney, our through hike or our section hike, and we got to a spot where we had like two more miles to go until there was water. And the place where we were at now, there was supposed to be water, but it was dried up. But the, the app that my friend was using, someone had said, oh, if you go back a half a mile, there's a meadow and there's 
like some puddles of water. And I had remembered looking and seeing this you know, super green, like meadow area, kind of small section in between these trees. So I knew exactly where it was. So my awareness of that helped get us to where we needed to go to get water. So your awareness isn't just for being aware of creepy people or animals or things, but it's also going to help you identify things you might need in your environment and also be aware if there is something wrong. Now you have the information so that you can start planning on what to do and figuring out what your response is going to be. So those two things are really important. And the third thing that I will say that kind of encompasses both of those categories is that you have everything you need on your body to be able to protect yourself and you are worth fighting for. We have to own that fact. We have to put that power and confidence back into ourselves because so much of the time society and maybe how we were brought up or past experiences, things like that have eaten away at our confidence and made us feel as if we're not capable or we're not strong enough or things like that. And self-defense isn't even about your strength. It's not, you're not using strength against the other person's strength. It's about using our strong tools that we already have on our body against vulnerable spots on someone else, because people are always going to have vulnerable spots on their body that you can attack with your strong parts and knowing how simple it is and knowing how powerful your body is and how capable it is can help you feel more confident where if you do run into somebody, you can know, well, you know what? I'm going to know how to handle that person. I'm going to know that I have options for how to respond that I'm not going to just be there and be helpless. And I think a lot of times when people are solo, the question they ask themselves is not what if something happens, but the fear is what if something happens and I don't know what to do? Or what if I can't defend myself? Or what if I can't get out of this situation? And what I try to do is I try to give people answers to those questions. Well, okay, here are some things you can do and try to shift your thinking. Instead of thinking, oh my gosh, what is this person going to do to me? Give yourself the power and instead say, what am I going to do to this person if they don't leave me alone? What am I going to do this person if they do something, if they try to mean me harm and I need to protect myself? What am I going to do? And just remind yourself that you are capable, you are powerful and you're worth fighting for. And that was way more than one or two, Liz. I'm sorry. I just kind of went off there, but I hope you can cut that down if you need to. No, I love them all. They were all so, so good. And and I, I, so I want you to tell everybody where they can find you on social media, but before you do, it kind of ties in with what you were just saying, but I've been watching your, your Instagram account, um, out, outdoor defense, I believe. Is that it? Outdoor defense? Yes. Yeah. That's my YouTube series. Yes. Yes. And then I've been watching your reels and that stuff on Instagram. And I just watched the one about somebody trying to get into your tent and how, how to respond to that. Right. And it freaking lit a fire in me when I was watching you full force, you know, protecting yourself like that. And that's what it did. It shift, it shifted the conversation. And I love that you just put that into words. Cause I, I felt it, but I don't know that I would have been able to verbalize that. And like, you know, what am I going to do? Not what are, cause normally the, the scenario in my mind, a lot of times plays out what is someone going to do to me? And so I just, again, would encourage people to go, if this is something that speaks to you and check out like your Instagram and your YouTube, because the videos are so powerful and it's all stuff we can do, right? We don't have to go out and buy stuff. This is something we can all do for ourselves. So on that note, where can people find you on social media? Yes. So on social media, my personal slash professional Instagram is adventures of Nick and that's N-I-K adventures of Nick and also girls fight back. 
And also I have my gender inclusive program for colleges called Students Fight Back that also has an Instagram account and that is Students Fight Back. You can find me online at NicoleSnell.com, N-I-C-O-L-E-S-N-E-L-L, and also at GirlsFightBack.com as well. And I have a YouTube channel. I believe if you, it should be under Nicole Snell Outdoor Defense, all one word all together. But all those links are on NicoleSnell.com. So if you're not sure, or you can just even Google Outdoor Defense Nicole Snell on YouTube and it should come right up. And yeah, I have that. And then I also have a sassy self-defense guide that's free that you can get on my website that has some basic FAQs and other ways to reach out to me. I also offer one-on-one sessions through coffee. And those links are also on my website. Well, and we'll put all of that in the show notes so people will be able to easily find it too. All right, as the final question, and when I ask all my guests, I'm a business strategy and action coach. And my hope in doing this podcast is ultimately to inspire people to take massive action towards their own dreams and their own goals, not just, you know, dream about it, but to do and really to be it. So with that in mind, I'd love to close out with an action challenge. What's one thing you want people to get out there and do in pursuit of their own dreams and goals? Oh, my action challenge for people is to go online and research one thing that you can do for whatever the idea or activity is that you want to do. Go and look at one website get one piece of information and find some way to incorporate that into your life this next month. Love it. That's my action challenge. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) I love it. It's very action-based. That's what I like. Good. Well, it's the perfect place for us to close out. And and like I said, we'll put all the ways that our listeners can learn more about you and your work in the show notes. And just thank you so much for sharing your journey with us, Nicole. It's been so interesting, so inspiring talking with you keep living an intensely curious life and happy adventuring. Yes. Thank you so much, Liz. It was a pleasure to be on your show and thank you for inviting me. Hey friends, before we wrap up, I wanted to share a gentle reminder that one of the main reasons I started this podcast was to not only live my own inspired life, but to inspire you to do the same and to ultimately take massive action towards your own dreams and goals. So you're enjoying this podcast and find the content valuable please subscribe on Apple Podcast, and I genuinely enjoy hearing from you. So please be sure to leave a review. If you're on Instagram, I'd love to connect. So follow at Liz Landine. And if you want to support me in the podcast further, you can show your support by one, shopping with our sponsors and two, becoming a Patreon member of The Outdoor Entrepreneur. You get some really awesome perks for being a member, including early access, exclusive bonus episodes, social media shout outs, and even a free business idea brainstorming call with me. All right, until next time, be sure to live life on your terms. And if you're not, make a plan and make it happen, my friends. Adventure awaits and it's all yours. All right.